guess where does our family go from here, right? We've eliminated all of our debt. We paid off our mortgage early. And now we want to build wealth. But we don't want to become busy landlords. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we are going to do two things. First, I'm going to share with you a little update on our family adventures in real estate investing. It has been quite a while since I've touched on this um, for myself. I know I've interviewed a lot of people about what they're doing, but I wanted to share with you where we stand with regard to our real estate plans. And last but not least, we're going to be highlighting our Money Master of the Week. Ben from our Thriving Families Facebook community started a small family tradition that I thought would be kind of fun to share with you guys. And you can check out the Thriving Families Facebook community at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash FB group, as in Facebook, FB group. All right, let's jump into today's show. For years now, we've been sitting on the sidelines of the real estate investing conversation. We've been watching people grow their wealth, expand their portfolio, and grow their passive income. Now, we have the money to jump in the single-family rental property game. In fact, we saved up over $100,000 over the past few years to buy our first rental property in cash. And our family is convinced that owning rental properties would help us build wealth and we are financially prepared to do it. But still, we sit waiting and waiting to make it become a reality for us. And I really didn't recognize part of the reason that we've been waiting until recently. Honestly, we are so strapped for time, and we just have a deep desire to maintain a life of freedom and a little bit of minimalism just to kind of create a minimalist lifestyle. And when I think about real estate with our crazy lives right now, we've got a couple of kids under 10. Nicole just started a new job that she loves, by the way, but she's still getting used to it. I transitioned from my full-time career to this small-time business full-time. and we have a desire to be present with our kids and loving, and we want to be great parents. And that, that takes a lot of time and it's definitely a work in progress. And all the while we want to take care of our health. We want to be there for our family and make friends in our new community here. It's a lot. And so when we think about real estate, adding real estate into that, managing a rental property, making sure the, tenants pay their bills and it just falls to the bottom of our priority list. Honestly, that's, that's the truth. So it's been easy to save money. That's easy. You just put an automatic investment in and it goes into your account and it starts to build up, right? That's easy. What's hard is making the decision to actually buy something. And we just haven't done that. 
but we know how important it is to plan today so you can have a better tomorrow. But lately, we're just looking to survive today. (laughs) After reading this book, Essentialism, by Greg McCown, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Greg McCown. Anyway, after reading that book, I came away with a mantra that if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. And I love that. I love that saying because I've been trying to live by that because I have this ability to do too much, right? Both in my life, in my work, in my marriage, and I don't want real estate to be the same. So I'm trying to live with this mantra of if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. And right now, researching, finding, buying, fixing up, maintaining, and managing a rental home does not feel like a hell yeah. It actually feels really good to say no to buying a rental property right now. It feels like a relief. I've had visions of leaky toilets, unruly tenants, and late rent payments when I'm having an already busy week at home. And then this comfort sort of washes over me when I realized, oh, I actually don't own one right now and I don't have to deal with that. (laughs) So I guess where does our family go from here, right? We've eliminated all of our debt. We paid off our mortgage early and now we want to build wealth, but we don't want to become busy landlords. Now, I may not have the answer today, but here are three minimalist-approved real estate investing strategies that are quite intriguing and ones that I'm looking into quite a bit. Number one, real estate investment trusts, or better known as REITs. Real estate investment trusts are an excellent way to get into real estate without physically buying your own rental property. They are the ultimate minimalist real estate investing option and one that I've been dabbling in a little bit lately. So what's a REIT, right? A REIT is a company that owns and operates real estate. So this can be commercial real estate like office buildings or malls or warehouses, and it can also be single family rentals as well. So instead of owning one property, like if I were to look here in Metro Detroit and buy one, you know, 20 minutes away, that's one house. With REITs, you can essentially own a small fraction of lots of properties. So we always talk about diversification and how important that is. Well, REITs are a great way to help you stay diversified. So how do you get into REITs? How do you invest in REITs? Well, Just like stocks or bonds or mutual funds or index funds, you can invest in a REIT by purchasing shares. And I started investing in REITs through Vanguard because that's just the place I've always been investing. Or not always, but recently I've been investing there. And I like to keep all my stuff in one spot. I chose the Vanguard Real Estate ETF because you can get in for not a lot of money. You can buy a share. And it's also got a strong performance history and it has a really great ability to grow comparably alongside the stock market. And there are super, super low fees to getting in. And so if you don't like Vanguard, that's fine. You don't have to use Vanguard. You can do Fidelity or Schwab, other low cost brokers. But if you're into those online trading apps like M1 Finance or Robinhood, 
I believe that you can also get into REIT ETFs there as well. I think they're more into stocks and ETFs than they are into mutual funds and index funds, but another, another place to check it out. So why do I like REITs? What are some of the advantages? Well, the first and most important advantage of REITs is that you can invest in real estate without physically buying or managing a property. And that just feels really nice right now for my situation. And maybe a lot of you listening too, if you've got a young family and other responsibilities. Since I'm all about the minimalist approach to investing lately, less responsibility with a strong upside is a beautiful feeling. Secondly, the results are pretty impressive without doing a ton of legwork, really. Now, obviously, results will vary, but since its inception in 2001, VGSLX, which is Vanguard's real estate index fund, which is the Admiral Shares, and this is VNQ's index fund equivalent. VNQ is the ETF, but VGSLX is the index fund version, and you got to get in with 3000 bucks for that one. The ETF is a lot, lot lower. That had an average annual return of 10.65% over that time frame. So let's say you invested 10,000 bucks 10 years ago. Your money would be $29,141.90 today. So that's pretty good for not doing a lot of work, essentially buying something, letting it sit there and growing. That is uh, pretty pretty different than buying a rental property, managing it, and um, I don't know. The whole thing screams minimalism to me. <laughs> so let's talk about some disadvantages. Obviously, can't all be roses and sunshine, right? So when you're not investing in your own physical property, you have a lot less control of what happens with your investment. REITs can fluctuate just like the stock market does, and you may experience some, you know, uneasiness with that, some ups and downs. And with broad REITs, like the ones I mentioned, the uh, VGSLX or VNQ, which is the ETF, you also lose the ability to invest locally in your community. So if you wanted to invest specifically in Metro Detroit, or you wanted to invest specifically in wherever, Indiana or Alabama, you're not going to be able to do that. This is you know, this is a broad investment. So that might be a sticking point for some as well. So let's jump into the second minimalist investing opportunity with real estate. And that is number two, partnering with a property manager. So my next favorite option is working with a trusted property manager. And this way, you can get your single-family rentals, but not have to deal with all of the responsibility. So I've been inspired by some of the real estate investors that I've interviewed on this podcast, and they use property management, and they just get sent checks, which is great. Yes, they have to pay maybe, you know, 8 to 12% of the rents to the property management company, but man, that sounds like a deal. That sounds completely worth it to me. One real estate investor I interviewed on my show was named Rich Carey. This was probably maybe six months ago, if you guys remember the episode. He owns 20 rental properties outright, and most of them he never even saw before buying them. He served in the military in Japan and Germany, and he partnered with a real estate agent and a property management company to buy them and manage them on his behalf. 
Now he's been able to retire early. I think he's going to retire this year. Now buying sight unseen from abroad sounds incredibly uncomfortable to me, but I suppose with a little bit of risk comes some major reward. And that's what Rich has found. So how do you find a good property manager? Maybe you don't want to, you know, do what Rich did um, because yeah, there could be some, you know, downsides to that. There's definitely been some real estate horror stories that have scared me quite a bit and then probably freaked out some other people (laughs) as well. But like most things in life, finding a good property manager, it boils down to great recommendations, right? People you know in real estate investing, your friends, your family, your trusted resource. One resource that I really like is Bigger Pockets. You guys have probably heard them. If you're interested in real estate, they are a big name. They are all about helping people find the right resources as well as find the right avenue for real estate investing. Now, they are quick to point out that it's important to always ask important questions before choosing your property management partner. So here are some important ones that they reference from this awesome article that I will link in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 184. First one here, are you a licensed property manager? Good question. License. Second one, how do you screen potential tenants? The next one, how do you collect rent? It's good to know. Do you have references? And the last one, how do you handle maintenance work? All of these questions will help you get a deeper understanding of how these individuals work and if you feel comfortable with partnering with them. Like anything, if you want to work with a real estate agent or a lawyer or an accountant, you're going to want to ask a few questions before you get started and hand over the keys to any sort of financial portion of your life, right? Roofstock is also an option that can make the process a lot easier too. They uh, recently became a sponsor of this show and that's, you know, kind of intrigued me to consider them more lately because I've been talking about them a lot. (laughs) They have uh, created this great online marketplace of vetted properties that are already filled with occupants. And they also have a network that helps you find a trusted property manager in your area that you are searching in, which is cool. That can make the process a little bit easier. So the third minimalist real estate investing option that I've been considering is real estate crowdfunding. After interviewing Sam Dogan, I think in January, maybe a couple months ago, This is the young multi-millionaire from San Francisco, the financial samurai. He piqued my interest in real estate crowdfunding. He's been at it since 2016, and he has earned 15% per year from his 18 real estate crowdfunding, from his 18 real estate crowdfunding equity investments around the country. So what is real estate crowdfunding? It's brand new to me, man. So according to Mr. Dogan, Real estate crowdfunding is an effective way for investors to pool their financial and intellectual resources to invest in properties and projects much bigger than they can afford or manage on their own. Now, that sounds like a minimalist real estate investing statement, if I've ever heard one. Investing less money and less time, but getting a big return. Hmm, that sounds pretty nice. 
So this also gives you the ability to invest in commercial real estate for a fraction of the price and with a fraction of the resources, right? Because getting into commercial real estate isn't easy. And it's not like you uh, just call up your local real estate agent and make it happen. So something like this, something like real estate crowdfunding can definitely help you get into a bigger conversation with regard to commercial real estate. So let's talk about some of the advantages. Evidently, before the Jobs Act happened in 2012, crowdfunding was only available to accredited investors. And accredited investors are typically folks who are making more than $200,000 per year, or they have a net worth of over $1 million. So that's not everybody, right? But after the passage of this act, the Jobs Act, that opened up the door to more investors. So one of the major advantages now of real estate crowdfunding is that you can get into commercial real estate with as little as 1000 bucks. So Mr. Dogan suggests checking out companies like Fundrise. That is one that you can get in for as little as 1000 bucks for non-accredited investors. And then CrowdStreet would be one for accredited investors. So real estate crowdfunding definitely has a minimalist touch to it as well. In fact, Mr. Dogan recently sold his physical rental property because it became too much of a hassle as a young father, and he opted to invest his a portion of his proceeds into real estate crowdfunding instead. So with his investments now, he has spent, as he says, zero time managing the properties or the tenants, and as a young parent, that makes him feel pretty good. So I think we're getting somewhere, doing a little investigation, finding how this works. I think that could be definitely an option. Well, let's talk about some of the disadvantages of real estate crowdfunding because it sounds pretty great. 15% return, not a lot of work. So some of the disadvantages. When you are investing in real estate crowdfunding, it's usually investing in a single asset as opposed to REITs where you're investing in a bunch of stuff, right? And when you're investing a large amount of money in any single asset, any single stock, anything like that, there could be a lot of risk, right? Also, real estate crowdfunding has very low liquidity. So as opposed to a stock or a REIT, if you want to sell your investments in real estate crowdfunding, it's going to be pretty difficult and it could take years to get your capital returned. So part of the reason that return is higher than REITs is because of that very reason. You can't get your money out quickly. So if you have a long runway and that doesn't bother you, that's cool. But realize that it's going to take a little more time to get your money back, but you get a little bit more return. And I guess that's kind of the same for buying your own rental property too. You don't have very easy liquidity right away to sell it and get your money back if you want to get out of it, but you can make a little bit more money. So that's sort of a pros and cons, I guess, versus REITs and owning your own rental property or getting into crowdfunding. Now, for me, after reviewing these three and kind of playing around and seeing what fits, REITs seem like a great way for me to sort of jump into the real estate game without making a lot of commitments. And As a young parent right now, that is exactly where I want to be. Less commitments, more flexibility, but still investing for the future. So I might not get as high of a return, but I get that flexibility. I get that liquidity. 
I get the ability to, I don't know, have some flexibility with it, right? But as my time and my capital start to free up a little bit, I may look into partners like Roofstock for single family rentals or Fundrise for commercial real estate crowdfunding. But for now, REITs are my minimalist real estate investing tool of choice. It makes a lot of sense for our family right now where we are. But enough about me. I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on investing in real estate the minimalist way? Please hit me up on social media at Andy Hill MKM. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with that handle at Andy Hill MKM. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. I thought I'd highlight a fun win from our Thriving Families Facebook community. This one comes in from Ben from Michigan. When asked who has a win they'd like to share, Ben chimed in with this one. Working on an allowance system with my six-year-old son. It's kind of fun to explain it to him. We started with an investment account in a clear plastic container that will hopefully help him understand interest. He's making a killer 10% right now. I pay him a little extra for some difficult jobs, like helping me shovel the snow. We're still figuring it out, but I read this book, The Opposite of Spoiled, and it had some great ideas. Ben, I think this is so cool that you are starting a conversation with your six-year-old son about investing. Can you imagine what sort of financial shape Ben's son is going to be in if he starts investing at six, can you can you believe that? He's not only going to have a nice chunk of cash as he turns into an adult, but he's going to have a just an investing savvy that is going to allow him to know what to do with that cash. So way to go, Ben. That's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing this in our Thriving Families Facebook community. And congratulations for being our money master of the week. If you have a recent win, I'd love to hear from you so we can give you a shout out on the show. Leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail or connect with me on social at Andy Hill MKM. Or you could do like Ben did and join us in the Thriving Families Facebook community. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash FB group. Who knows? Sharing your win just might motivate someone else to win too. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. Please leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help more people to check out this show. So to encourage you to leave a review, each month we do a book giveaway. And the book giveaway corresponds with the people who leave the reviews. So we received three reviews since last month's book giveaway offer. As a reminder, this quarter we're giving away three different book options from past podcast guests. And one of our first guests that we're giving away is uh, Jim Shields. He wrote the book, The Family Board Meeting. And the second one is from Chris Mamula. He wrote the book, Choose F.I., and then the third one is from Ruth Sukup, who wrote the book, Do It Scared. 
So to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my assistant, my lovely daughter, Zoe Hill, here with me once again. How's it going, Zoe? Good. That's great. So, Zoe, we had a lot going on in February, and I just wanted to ask you a little bit about it before we do the review. How did you like your birthday party? Um, It was at Defy Detroit, and we were bouncing around, and I had a birthday party, and all my friends came, and my cousin, and my um, neighbors, and my grandma came. That's great. So, what do you do at Defy Detroit? You bounce around to check a jungle gym. That's awesome. So you had a lot of fun doing that. That's cool. And we just got back from California. Actually, just like a couple I hours ago. I miss it. You miss California. Yeah. What was your favorite part about California, baby? Um, The hotel, the beach, the pool, my cousins. Yeah. And... Everything. Everything. California's great, especially when you leave Michigan in February, right? Yeah, but we would rather stay at that hotel than Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland was kind of a letdown. I'll be honest with you, right? It was kind of like a lot of work and not a lot of fun. Yeah, there's too much stores instead of riots. I agree. Disneyland, a little too, uh, a little too commercial. A little bit more fun. Need to upgrade. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, sh- where should we go on our next vacation then? Let's talk about that. California. California again, but just skip the whole Disneyland part? Yes. All right, deal. I agree. $1,000 for two days to go to that park, and we had more fun just laying on a beach. Agreed? Agree. All right. Well, let's get to this review, all right? So we had three reviews, Zoe, so you know what to do with our electronic friend right there. Hey, Alexa. Pick a number between one and three. Your random number between one and three is three. All right, our third review comes in from Mel Blev, and she calls it such an informational and entertaining show. So Zoe, thank you very much, Mel Blev, by the way. So Zoe's going to read the details of this review. Andy has an interview style that is very personal and relatable. I really enjoy this show as one of my favorite personal finance podcasts for families. Oh, man. That was great, Zoe. Way to go. One try. Nice one try this time. That was awesome. Um, So thank you, Mel Blev. I really appreciate it. I'm going to shoot you an email with uh, our thanks and then an offer of those three different books. And you choose which one you like, and I will send it to you in the mail. So thanks again. And next month, we're going to be doing the same thing, everybody. So please leave a review. And we're going to be switching up the books for quarter two. We're going to be giving away Beyond Piggy Banks and Lemonade Stands by Liz Frazier. That's a great book to help kids learn about money. And then The Proximity Principle by Ken Coleman. That is helping you take find your dream job and your dream career. And then the last one is Quit Like a Millionaire by Christy Shen and Bryce Luong. These are the... 30-something couples that uh, 30-something couple that saved a boatload of cash and then quit their jobs and now are just traveling around the world. So that's pretty cool. So if you want to do that, that might be a book for you. 
But anyway, I will email you once Zoe and I have done our random drawing next month, and I'll tell you if you are the winner as well. So thank you very much for supporting the show, and thank you, Zoe, for being here this week. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Now let's get on to Zoe's podcast. <laughs> Looks like it's time for bed. I have school tomorrow, and I hate school. So good night. She just skipped school for an entire week to go to California. Alexa, should I go to school? (laughs) Any day that ends in Y is a great day to learn. Ooh, I like Alexa. Well, my dear, I hope you have a great day at school tomorrow. Hey, everyone, I have a quick announcement before we sign off for the day. Over the past two months, I've been doing two shows per week, one on Monday and one on Wednesday. And I got to be honest with you guys. I have overdone it. It's been way more work than I expected. And in short, I am going back to once per week on Mondays for the time being. I know this might upset a few folks, but please, please remember, I did call it an experiment (laughs) back in January. The once per week format is just more realistic for me right now, in all honesty. I want to give you guys a great show and I'm fearful that if I try to cram too much into one week on top of the other responsibilities I have, it's just not going to turn out good. So Monday is going to be an excellent show every Monday. Great show. Expect me to keep bringing the fire every week and March has an excellent, excellent lineup and I cannot wait to share it with you. So thank you all for your patience, your partnership, and let me do this show. It's great. (laughs) In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Eric Thomas. You cannot afford to live in potential for the rest of your life. At some point, you have to unleash the potential and make your move. Best of luck finding your investment of choice, my friends. Carpe diem. 